watching him do the flags. What a blessing. I remember when we started doing the flags, I remember I stopped in doing the flags. <clears throat> and the reason why we had to stop doing the flags is the majority of the kids thought they were ninja tools. <laughs> and uh, they really weren't getting the meaning of it. And I had some people come up and say, well, there's just one that really can is doing it for the Lord. And boy, were they right. Amen. Amen. And we brought him back into it, and he's done a great job. Thank you for it, brother. Amen. So we're about to end the book of Genesis. The book ends in sadness. The death of a patriarch. But it also gives us a remembrance, too of what was to come in the future. I love this scripture because Jacob wants to share about what's to come. And God won't let him. And this was one of the scriptures that really jumped out to me when I became a new believer. Because when you realize that Abraham wanted to do the same thing, wanted to share with them what God was getting ready to do in the end, but he wasn't allowed. If you go to, uh, let's pull up the beginning of this Torah reading. I want to read a quick scripture. Where is it here? Give me a second. So in chapter 49, verse 1, it says, Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourself together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in days to come. He was ready to share with them the future. It's really in the last days. is a better translation as you see on the screen. He wanted to reveal to them about the Messiah. Now, why do I say that? Well, what is it comes in the end days, in the last days? It's our Messiah, right? But how would Jacob know about the Messiah? Who did he wrestle with? He saw the face of God and lived. There's only one face of God that we can see and live. And what face is that? Of the Messiah, Yeshua. It's getting a little cold in here, guys. Turn the air down. I know it's 70 outside. But it is January. <laughs> and as we see here, this situation takes place. And when you read how he blesses his kids... Some of the blessings weren't so nice. You know, he was being legit, right? The brothers weren't the best of people, were they? 
but they had a calling. And then we have Joseph. And man, Joseph is such a great example of what God is calling for forgiveness. When you look at his life, let's face it, if your brothers beat you up, threw you in a, in a well, then decided to sell you so they can make some money, yet sold from there, you get somehow over into Egypt, a woman does a false accusation, I know that never happens. He gets thrown in jail. People come to him in jail because still, everyone's still getting blessed by him. They tell him about the dreams they have. He tells them what the dreams will mean. One didn't like it. Right? The other one did. And all he asked of that young man is, remember me. You think if someone told you you're getting out of prison and you're going to be restored to your position, you'd be all over it, right? What did he do? He forgets. But that's okay. Because God still restores him. Then he makes him to the number two guy in the country. And guess who comes walking into his place? But 11 brothers who threw him in prison. Who had made him go through this hard life. Let's face it, he could have had some good revenge, couldn't he? All he had to do was say the word, and they were history, no ands, if, nor buts about it. But what does he do instead? Instead, he sends him back to get his brother he had never seen. And when he did it, what did he put in their bags? Silver and gold. He blessed them. He didn't curse them. He blessed them. He didn't try to get revenge on them, but he tried to give them something that they couldn't have. He gave them the food they needed and other blessings. But it was a test as well. He even saw his oldest brother change. Now he was protecting his youngest. And then that moment, when he finally realized that his brothers were truly sorry. Again, he could have lashed out at him, yelled at him. But instead, he cried and wept. He said the tears were so loud. Have you ever seen someone just weep so uncontrollably? as he wrapped his arms around his family. You know, there's an old saying, blood is thicker than water. And it's true. 
And sometimes our siblings, we get mad at them, don't we? Now, I have to admit, I, kinda, I grew up, my brothers and sisters, we all pretty much got along. We, we, had a, we still get along. We don't really have problems. But I know there are family members out there that are like that, right? But we got to learn to forgive, don't we? We got to learn to say I'm sorry and to really mean it. Joseph was put into a unique situation and he chose to show love. That's really what makes us different, doesn't it? So many societies want revenge. I would rather have family. Matter of fact, as a unbeliever, one of my, the, the sign that I asked for, my family had been going through a, a, a hard time because of a business situation. My brothers weren't talking to each other. They weren't talking. The only one they talked to was me because I wasn't involved in the business. I was a little too young. And I remember when my brother Jay asked me, what would it take for me to believe that Yeshua was the Messiah? And I thought for a minute. You know, I'm blind in my right eye from a car accident. Who wouldn't like the sight back? Of course, the only thing I can't see now are 3D movies, but that's okay. <laughs> then, the next thing that came into my mind was before the TV show even existed, I already had it cornered. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> but then the real thing came out. The third thing that came into my mind was my family back together like it used to be. And I remember telling my brother, that's what I wanted. And his response was, well, pray about it. When he got off the phone, he told me later on that he looked to his wife, Pam, and said, it'd be easier for me to get my eyesight back than for the family to get back together. They were that estranged. We literally at our house, when your birthday came up, you had to have three birthday parties. They wouldn't be in the same room together. And so that was the sign that I asked for. I wasn't screaming that much, but it's okay. <laughs> and then it didn't happen overnight. But over the next two years, God did some miraculous things in our family. My brother Gary accepted the Lord. My sister was moving back from New York. And God had brought us back together. To the point my brothers worked together again. Not only do they talk, they work together. Gary is the CFO of American Center for Law and Justice. But see, God had to restore us. What happened if I had never asked for that prayer? 
Would my brothers still not be talking to each other? Who knew where they would be now? And that's what Joseph saw. He saw that what God did and brought him through was for a reason. So that he could bring him to that time. So he could save his people. I look at my brother now. He's kind of doing some big stuff. You'll probably hear a lot more about him next week. When the impeachment moves forward, guess what? Most likely he's going to be one of the chief counsel with it. He counsels Bibi Netanyahu. He's defended Israel in front of the, the world court. God does amazing things. And he gives us these times to remember. So when things are going bad for you, don't look at the bad. Look at the good that will come from it. Why do bad things happen to good people? So that we can show the world that God is in control. That's what it's about. It's about understanding that there's a bigger picture. About seeing what God can do in our lives. You know, I look at my family. And from that one situation, what God has done. He's brought us to this point. We probably wouldn't have this congregation if it didn't happen like that. But see, God has brought us together. God is using us because we're willing to be vessels for him. And you know what? It's not easy. There's a lot of easy things we can do in life. Following God's path is not one of them. I can tell you that right now. You know, I always love talking to missionaries. I just chuckle inside. I listen to their stories. I'm like, guys, you ain't seen nothing yet. They do some great things. They build orphanages, things like that. That's wonderful. They, man, go reach the Jewish people. Watch how the devil really doesn't like it. He will sit there and attack you. But it's God's purpose and plan. We need to move forward. We need to look at the bigger picture. After Jacob died, Joseph all of a sudden became kind of in charge of the group, didn't he? Guess what's kind of happened when you got the most money, huh? He had the wealth, he had the control, and they came, his brothers came down, and they were worried still. What if he had, if he's going to go out? Can you imagine, here this man has shown only love and compassion. But our own personal guilt holds us back from seeing that. And his brothers had to really come and ask for forgiveness. But they weren't even able to really do that. When you read it, it says that they said, tell him that our father said... Forgive us. 
And he wept again. And he loved them. And he showed them that this wasn't their doing. It was God's doing. And what man tried for bad, God will turn for good. We need to believe in that. Let me tell you, we as uh, uh, being in ministry have been attacked by man. Even within our own movement. But you know what? God is in control. And And the truth gets revealed. We don't have to tell anyone. God shows them. You know, you look around, we are the second largest Messianic congregation in Atlanta. That's only including people. We don't, that's not including all the ones that are watching online. We're probably the largest. But look what God has done. He's brought us from all walks of life to come and to worship him. To come together as one. In a place that when you walk in here, and I hear this time and time again from visitors, is a place of love and welcome. That's not every congregation church, let me tell you. I've gone in some, some churches to preach, and I didn't feel welcome there. I'll never forget one church I went to. It was one of the ones I was, I was working with the ministry, and I was getting ready to leave that ministry, and I was teaching other people how to do what I was doing there, and we had gone to this church. It was kind of out in the, in the country. And we're sitting there, and this is an old church. Some of, you know, we're talking over 100 years old. I think some of the members were still original there. <laughs> and a lady got up because they were getting ready to celebrate their 100th anniversary, and they wanted people to tell what this church meant to them. And this woman got up and she said, now, I'm not going to tell you who this is, but I just want to share what they said. And she started reading and said, Lord, I thank you for this white church. And she keeps on going on. I nudged the guy next to me who was going to be doing what I did. I said, what colors the outside of the church? He goes, white? I went, Red brick. We were Jewish guys wearing yarmulkes there. That's like keep the car running because you don't know what's going on. But that's the problem. See, our society still has leftovers. So has these ones that haven't realized we're in the 21st century now. Who hasn't realized that you take our skin off and guess what? We all look exactly alike. We're all kind of ugly that way. (laughs) Right? There is no difference. God has brought us to a place where we can worship together. And that's what's so important. Where boundary stones are broken down. Where men and women can come and worship God. Because you know what? We're not afraid of the truth. 
And that's what makes us special. That's what makes this congregation so unique. I want you to know, I have rabbis that come to me and go, how do you do it? I say, how do I do what? They go, how do you bring people from every tribe, tongue, and nation together? And I said, I don't do anything. Amen. God does. When this congregation is 100 years old, you're not going to have someone thanking God for an all-white congregation. I can guarantee you that right now. There you go. An all-normal. Well, I don't know if we're normal, though. I wouldn't go there either. I know some of y'all. Some of y'all are okay, but some, you know. Shoshana's going like this right now. <laughs> But that's what makes us special. We can learn from Joseph. Learn not to look at what's happened in front of you, but look in the future to see what God has in store. He has brought us together. And that's what's so unique about us. Everyone here feels welcome. Doesn't matter where you came from, what you did, what you're going to do. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. Hopefully you're going to do the right thing, right? <laughs> Not because we want you to, but because God will change you. God will make you that person that you are. You know, it reminds me when they came to me and they said, I know you don't want flags anymore. And it wasn't that we didn't want it, it just we weren't seeing God in it. But they said, but there's this one. Will you give him the exception? And here's one thing I learned in everything. I was talking to someone earlier. Is every situ you have to look at every situation individually. You cannot look at it and just put a mask covering on it. Can you imagine if I had said none, no to that? But see, we sought the Lord. And when the Lord tells you to do things, guess what you do? Even if it's against what you want to do. How many of you ever had to do that? That's not easy, is it? But you know God is in control. And look what he gave us. Our online viewers love to watch him do it. Because they see God in it. They love to watch our dancers, even the little kids dancing. Why? Because they see God in it. They love to see us worship because they see God in it. And that's what it's about. We're not here to preach politics. We're here to preach the word of God. We're here to look, because you know what? There's going to be politics will come and go, but God's word stays the same. That doesn't change. And that's what's important. We need to learn from Joseph. Don't get angry. But realize that God has a plan. Because what man can try for bad, God can always turn to good. And that's what, when we live by that, that's all you need in life. Don't let God not get the credit. 
Give him the glory. And if there's someone that has hurt you in the past, you know what? You need to forgive them. You need to bless them. Because not only does it mess with their minds, which it does. Think about it. If you have someone who you... How many of you have had a close friend and that for a stupid reason, you stop talking to him? Right? No reason, you know. I have friends in high school. One of my good friends this past week, I got a call from another fr friend of mine in high school. He first, he texted me. He, he said, you got to look at Facebook. Actually, Judy saw it and showed it to me. One of my closest friends in high school had passed away. And my friend, who also happened to be named Scott, started texting me. We go, we're going back and forth. He goes, he goes, I need to talk to you. I said, give me five minutes. My phone rang a minute later. He goes, I can't wait. He goes, we were both in shock because I mean, this was a good friend. But we kind of drifted away and we get older and stuff. And those good friends, we forget to tell them how much we cared. This young man, we, we, we were in band together. He was our drum leader. We, gave him a, we were good friends, but we gave him a hard time. We would all like to play practical jokes on each other, and he was one of the best. He could play a practical joke on you like no one else. And I remember we were getting ready for graduation. And because we went to a private school, we always had to wear uniforms. And one day they let us as seniors wear normal clothes, which was a big deal. And I figured out the ultimate prank. I convinced everybody, because we had our band, our, our marching outfits were from the, we were in the 80s, and they were from the 60s. <laughs> Blue polyester with red, these were the ugliest uniforms in the world. We were embarrassed as a private school going out looking like this. And that year, they were finally going to get us, a new, get us new uniforms. And so I came up with a plan. There was about eight of us who were graduating seniors in the band. And I convinced seven of them to go along with me. And we let Bob, we made him think that we were going to wear our uniforms for <laughs> the senior day pictures. <laughs> yeah, it was me. And Bob came, because he's a trooper, <laughs> dressed in his uniform. <laughs> Needless to say, when he realized it was, <laughs> it was a prank, he was not too happy. Matter of fact, he walked into my homeroom class. He was not in my homeroom class. In front of the class... Let's just say he gave me a wave, but he was missing a couple fingers. <laughs> Fortunately, he laughed about it. He also brought a change of clothes, so 
But those are, you know, we, we could have fun, but yet there was still that respect there. And then to realize he's now gone, and we can't joke around about our past. My friend Scott, who was the one who notified me, he goes, he goes, you know, our friendship was so important in high school. And that we're able to still keep in touch. He said, I don't want to ever forget that. And that's what it's about. We were both named Scott, but he was American Indian. So we called him Tonto. <laughs> that was his name. That was just you know, how we were. I drove a silver Volvo. We called it Silver. Tonto, Long Ranger. I mean, we, because if someone said Scott, we both would turn our heads. And uh, his daughter's getting married in April, and he invited me and Judy and I out to the wedding. And that's what's so important, that French, that long term. Because you know what? Blood is definitely thicker than water, but it's great to have those friends. That you can go through anything in life, and they're there for you. You can pick up a phone. And it's like you never missed a beat. My other friend was Herman Talmadge, the third. Whose best friends in high school was a Jewish kid, a black kid, and a Korean kid. His grandfather definitely was rolling over in his grave. But you can see how time changes. If y'all don't know who his grandfather was, look it up. But it's amazing how people change. Situation in life changes. And what we see happening now might not be good, but you know what? In the long run, God's in control. So let's be willing to forgive for the future so that God can get the glory. Amen? Everyone bow your head and close your eyes. Abba, Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, thank you for teaching us forgiveness. Lord, let us be a light into the world. Let us show the nations how you love us and forgive us unconditionally. And Lord, let us be the same way. Lord, if there's anyone in our life that we need to forgive, Lord, let us do it right now. Lord, let us not only bring it up to you, Lord, but give us the courage and strength we need to tell that person, I'm sorry. And Lord, if people have hurt us, Lord, let us forgive them right now. Lord, let us bless them and give them your love. We ask this in your son Yeshua's precious name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen.